Welcome to Mountain Grace, the weekly sermon from me, John White, priest at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Camillus, New York. This week we're looking at what it takes to run the race of faith. A reading from the second letter to Timothy. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, a descendant of David, that is my gospel, for which I suffer hardship, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But the word of God is not chained, therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, so that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is sure, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of this and warn them before God that they are to avoid wrangling over words which does no good, but only ruins those who are listening. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by him a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly explaining the word of truth. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. So, believe it or not, when I was a teenager, when I was in high school, I, I was on the track team and the cross-country team. I loved going running. And I remember for, sometimes for practices, the coach would be like, well, just go run for like an hour and come back. And we'd run all over in like our little gym shorts and our, and our usually bare-chested. But when I was in high school, I, I was like the same height I am now, but there was a lot less of me, <laughs> right? You know, remember that, like the ad in the back of the comic books for like, uh, you know, with the 98-pound weakling? That was me. I was totally a 98-pound weakling. I was a little, tiny, skinny, scrawny kid, and I could run forever. Let's fast forward a little bit. So I've been trying to be, be a little healthier. Um, I mean, I've always tried to be reasonably healthy, but I've tried to be a little healthier in the last year or so. And I've been very careful about what I eat, except here on Sunday, because um, I understand calories in church don't count. But so I eat donuts and cookies and stuff. But otherwise, I try to be healthy. And, and I know I make a big joke about it, but I actually do eat vegetables. Um, and, and I've been trying to, I get up every morning and, and exercise, and I've been trying to run. Speaking of running. With the pen. Wilton Wilson. 
I know, she doesn't. Why don't you just sit there and wait, okay? Um, where, where the heck was I? Oh, right, running. So I've been trying to run, and I have, I have like a hard limit of a mile and a half. I just can't go any further than that. And so most mornings I usually run a mile and a half, which from my house means I usually run downhill. So that's pretty easy. And then I walk back up the hill. I just, I just can't go more than a mile and a half. I have like this, I don't know, there's like a thing in my head that like just turns off. And it's not like I, my body is exhausted. I mean, I feel like I have plenty of energy and strength. My legs aren't wobbly. I'm not having cramps or anything like that. I just have this thing in my head that says, time to quit. And you know what? I just like go with it. I just quit. Now, my wife, on the other hand, is a very keen runner. And she'll go out running like on Saturday morning and I'll go, well, how far did you run today? And she goes, oh, only eight miles. <laughs> only eight miles? In fact, that's where she is today. She's doing the Empire State thingy. Half marathon, maybe? I'm not sure. Um, something longer than I would want to do. You know, she's, she's done a, what's that? 10K. There you go. She's doing a 10K. Uh, but then I know she said this morning she wished she'd signed up for the longer one. Anyway, she is this great keen runner. And in fact, for Christmas, I made her this, this thing to hang all her medals on. You know, she has all these medals. They're, you know, not like for, for winning. They're like for finishing. But anyway, they're medals. I have a medal too, but mine's for trivia. Anyway. Um, <laughs> That's my, that's my jam. Anyway, so Nikki, she loves to go running. And we've talked about this because she would really love it if I would like run these races with her. Clearly not on Sunday morning, but you know. And, and I just can't get past that, that mile and a half block. And I've talked to her about this, you know, because she's, oh yeah, you know, sometimes like the first couple miles are really hard. Like, yeah. <laughs> but somehow she's able to just, just push through, right? She's, she's trained herself to just push through that block, whereas I've been uh, kind of weak, right? I'm not, I'm not willing to really, really push it. I'm okay stopping. And it's really, it's about endurance, right? Because, because if you want to go run a half marathon, right? You don't like get, get up off the couch from watching the Yankees game. Go Yankees. And start running a half marathon, right? You have to like train yourself. You have to train your body. You have to get strong. You have to have your muscles used to exercising for that long. You have to build up your lung capacity and you have to make sure your heart is healthy and ready to go and that you, you have sufficient energy and hydration. You know, you have to work yourself up to it and then you have to develop that sort of mental toughness to keep pushing through when really your brain is going like, time to stop. You ignore that and keep going. It's about endurance, right? And I think, you know, it's, it's an apt metaphor for the life of following Jesus, right? And it's not like original to me. St. Paul himself writes in his letters about how faith is like running a race, right? Run with endurance the race St. Paul tells us. And in this letter to Timothy today, we are also reminded to endure. Because if we endure in faith, we will reign with Christ. That's what it says. Right? And so the life of faith also, just like the life of running half marathons, requires 
some preparation, some training, some development of endurance, of strength, and a mental toughness to keep carrying on in faith when maybe it feels like it's not worth it. That when your brain tells you, eh, I'm going to stop. Yeah, no problem. And, and so, you know, I've talked about this before. You know, there are, in the same way that we have to do training if we're going to go out and run or do exercise or whatever we're going to do. Hey, kids, sit down. I know, but I'm in the middle of something. Come on, give me a break. You know, having kids seems like a really good idea. Maybe we should have stuck with dogs. I don't know. Hey, I know. So the life of faith requires the same kind of training, the same kind of discipline that we would put to our life of, of exercise, of, of running, right? And I've talked about these before. I'm going to bring them up again. You know, there are six disciplines, I think, that lie at the core of Christian life. And, and the first, of course, is, is prayer. That all of us, to follow Jesus, need to be in communication with Jesus. We need to talk to him. We need to listen to him. And the way we do that is by developing a prayer life. And there are a bazillion ways to pray. If, you know, getting down on your knees next to the bed with your hands folded is not your thing, that's okay. There are so many ways you can pray. You can pray when you're walking your dog. You can pray when you're doing that terrible exercise thing. You can pray while you're baking. You can pray anywhere at any time during anything. But pray. Develop a daily prayer life. And I know so many of you already do. But please, hold on to that. And we worship, right? Because it's important that we come together, that we give strength to one another. And I know that I think back when I was in high school and I would just like run for hours at a time and think it was fun. And when I have to get up at 5.30 in the morning in the dark and go running through my neighborhood, that's not so much fun. So sometimes it's better to do things with other people. They encourage you. They give you a reason to get up and go do that thing, right? And so, so doing this faith thing together makes it easier for each of us when all the rest of us hold each other up. I've talked about it before, I think, but there's the picture um, of, of heaven and hell. It's, a, it's like a Dutch painting from the late Middle Ages. And it's the same picture. It's like a group of people sitting around the table with a big bowl of soup. right? And the difference is that in hell, everybody has a spoon that's three feet long. And they're trying to feed themselves with the spoons. And they can't get the food in their mouth, and they keep dropping the soup. But in heaven, they have the same spoons, but they all feed each other. So they reach across the table with the spoon, and everybody gets more than enough. Working together makes following Jesus easier. So we, we worship to remind us of the commitments we've made and to be strengthened by the presence of each other. We are called to service, to do the things that Jesus did in his life. We are called to study, to understand the story of God, to, to bring forth to life those, those stories in the pages of the Bible. Because if we can understand how people have seen God in their lives in the past, it makes it easier for us to see God in our lives today. And we are called to Sabbath 
to take time to disconnect from all of the things that pull us away from God, that distract us from our relationships, that, that get in the way of our emptying our minds and seeing the magnificence of God and creation. And so Sabbath is deeply important. And I know it's hard for us today to take a whole day of Sabbath like they did in ancient times or like before 1950. But it's important that we make time in our daily lives, in our schedule, for Sabbath, for connecting with God, with creation, with those we love. And of generosity, and I don't mean just like opening your wallet when someone asks. I mean a generosity of spirit, an openness to being with the other and respecting their dignity. Don't be a mumbler. Um, right, so, so generosity includes generosity of being with people maybe we don't like sometimes or people we disagree with, but still seeing them as Jesus sees them, beloved children of God. And when we take up these disciplines, right, these core practices, they strengthen our lives of faith. They, they hold firm our commitment to Christ that we made or was made for us at our baptism or at our confirmation, that, that we will be people who follow Jesus. And when we do these things, we, we build up the strength and the endurance we will need because as you all know, as most of you know, the life of faith often has those moments when you're like, eh, I'm ready to quit. Following Jesus is incredibly simple and incredibly difficult. To be generous to people who are not kind to us. To be loving to people who don't really feel like they deserve to be loved. To be generous with our resources, with our time, with the gifts and calling that we have. Those things can be hard. And we've talked before about how overwhelming sometimes it seems to see the darkness and the evil in the world, and yet we are called to push through. To not listen to that voice in our head that says, eh, don't bother. But to continue, as Paul says, to run with endurance the race. And in the same way that if we were running a half marathon at the end, we'd get a beautiful shiny medal and maybe a nice t-shirt. The life of faith, this endurance that is called forth for this race that we're running and following Jesus also has its rewards. Of course, there's the reward of, of the, the promise of eternal life, the reunion with those we have loved and lost, the joy of being in the presence of the God. But there's also this joy that comes, this reward that we receive and the abundant life that we live, the life that is really life we read in Timothy's letter a couple of weeks ago. That when we take time to see God, to be in relationship with God and with God's people, that when we take time to be the people we were created to be and to live into our full potential, we live a life that is better than any other possible life. That to know in our deepest selves that we are loved, that we are valued, that our lives have purpose 
and meaning. Is a gift more glittering and shiny than any metal that we could possibly make? And so Jesus here is reminding us of how important it is to hold firm to the faith that we have received, to look to Jesus, to be our strength, to be our guide, and to know in our deepest hearts that he is with us even unto the end of the ages. Amen.